0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 102 of DM Discussions, a podcast for players and DMs alike, where we cover a wide variety of topics to help you with your games. I'm your host Ryan Reader, and with me, as always, is my good buddy Ben Bump How are you doing tonight, Ben?
1: I am doing very merry, if you will. It's a uh, it's a wonderful time of year. I'm excited for the episode, and uh, you know, just overall, just happy to talk to you.
0: Yeah, this is I, this is an episode I always look forward to because this is this is our last episode of the year. We'll, we'll be back early January, right? Uh, mm-hmm. this, is, this is kind of our Christmasy episode uh, where we get to do our 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 on the spot Christmas one shot, which is always has been kind of a fun annual tradition uh, for the last several years. Uh, so I'm I'm very uh, very excited for tonight. Me too.
1: It is gonna be full of uh, fun and happiness. Uh, A big downer, but also a lot of fun and happiness. Uh, Yes. So uh, (laughs) about that,
0: Uh, before we jump into our little holiday one shot, we wanted to to go over some news because there's some there's some really cool stuff, Uh, but there's also some really sucky stuff that just happened. But I feel both of us would be remiss if we did not discuss this at least a little bit. Uh, so let's talk about that first. Let's, let's kind of get the, 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 bad stuff out of the way first. Yeah. Um, so this is, this is not necessarily a wizards of the coast thing specifically. It this is a Hasbro them. thing. Yeah. It affects them. Uh, so this is a Hasbro thing though. And for those who don't know, Hasbro is the parent company that owns a bunch of these other companies or brands or whatever. Wizards of the coast does magic and, and, and d and such is one of the uh companies slash brands that hasbro owns Mm -hmm. uh just uh we we record usually wednesday nights and these release on mondays uh just uh i believe yesterday um there was a big uh a big announcement that uh hasbro announced there were going to be job cuts across the board Two weeks before Christmas, 1,100 people affected across all operations. Uh, And this is because they apparently weren't hitting the numbers. They arbitrarily picked to hit to please their shareholders. Mm -hmm. Um, So you would think that Wizards of the Coast being one of their Most profitable things, Baldur's Gate 3, obviously doing insane numbers, winning ridiculous accolades, their D&D sales growing, their Magic Gathering sales obviously doing huge, their digital segment being very big would be spared because that's their golden goose right now. Yeah. But we've been seeing stuff come in through Twitter and, and and LinkedIn and other things. Uh, some people who I I followed, um uh a few of the game designers, a few of the people who worked at DD Beyond, some art people, all being laid off from wizards. And the and those are DD people specifically. There's also some magic people, some of their IT people, um, some of the tech people, uh Among the 1100 laid off. Uh, First of all. Cover your virgin ears. This is all bullshit. (laughs) Yes. Like this is this is absolutely ridiculous, not just in general, uh, but two weeks before Christmas uh, is is also possibly one of the shittiest times that you could lay somebody off.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um and <sighs> <sighs> um, I I get I get so so angry when uh, I see stuff, you know, like cuz they're bringing in, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue. They uh their their CEO who is um chris cox which is very appropriate apparently in this situation
1: yeah who would have thought
0: uh who would have thought uh basically is saying i'm so sad you know this is this is so difficult uh this is the only lever we have left to pull you know, the things aren't going the way, you know, we wanted them to, and so forth. The man who has a salary of $1.5 million and made $9 million in compensation, uh, who is making the high-level decisions, which means that much of the strategy If there is screw ups are uh, attributed to him and his high level people. But obviously, high level people can't be affected by the decisions they make. And so the regular people who are actually doing all the hard work are the ones to suffer. Mm -hmm. This is this is late stage capitalism at work. This is the endless chasing of growth. By shareholders, which is completely ridiculous and is, is something that is not sustainable in any way, shape, or form. We've seen this so much across not only this industry, the, the gaming industry in general. This has been a bloodbath of a year yep. for for the gaming industry. Uh chasing these giant things. Um it's It's extremely disheartening. It's extremely aggravating. And I feel so horrible for these wonderful people who delivered, are delivering these huge numbers, these 40% growth increases and such, and are still being laid off because someone else high above them made poor decisions, but doesn't have to suffer the consequences.
1: Yeah, and the fact that it all comes to the the projected idea of what they could tell the shareholders of what they could make and this is their way of preempting their you know explanation of how they're going to fix getting them even more money next time. It it's just it's disheartening for any sort of you know person who's who's not a CEO, whatever. You know, every single job that I've worked where the company was privately owned has been a fantastic time. I've, I've enjoyed it. They care about the employees. They push growth. There's, you know, like a sense of profit sharing and everything as well. Then as soon as that company goes public, all of that goodwill, all of that growth, all of that, like employee support is gone. Everything is towards the bottom line. Everything is all about just the money. And I'm not saying that, uh, businesses that there's businesses out there that aren't in, in it for the money they're all in it for the money but how they treat their employees and how they get that money is a big factor in you know what is actually successful. There have been plenty of of, of uh, examples of businesses that actually have profit sharing among the employees themselves where everybody owns a piece of the company and those, companies tend to just kind of skyrocket and continue to to deliver. Um, If you look at different cultures, uh, the Japanese culture is a really good example of, hey, if the the company does poorly, the CEO takes a a, a cut in their salary. You know, they're the ones who made the decisions. They're the ones who are doing that. So seeing just the greed in this is so disheartening, especially when it's coming from uh, or, or it's affecting a section of something that I just, I really enjoy and love to support when stuff like this happens. You don't really want to give that support anymore because that money is just going to line pockets of people who don't care about the people who work for them.
0: Yeah. It's, it's a really, it's a really disheartening thing and a real um, kind of split between I uh, knowing there are so many passionate people who are trying to make this really cool thing. Mhm. and who really love what they do versus the cor- corporate overlords who are doing nothing but chasing numbers. Um I think uh Christian Hoffer who works uh writes for comicbook.com uh kind of summed it up really well uh in a little mini tweet thread. So he says Just to clarify things, because I'm getting a ton of comments and whatnot, the layoffs at Wizards that occurred this week had nothing to do with anything else that happened at Wizards this year. Hasbro executives decided to slash the payroll because of the departments underwhelmed. A lot of very passionate and very kind people were fired because Hasbro wanted to preemptively answer investor questions about their company's underperformance instead of having them question their core business model that has faltered while their rival, Mattel, is thriving. Anyone who claims this is anything other than unchecked corporate greed and an indictment on a business model that prioritizes short-term profits over long-term equity for both employees and shareholders is a fool. And I thought that summed up uh, the, the whole situation uh, extremely well. Yeah. Um, if you run a business, take care of your people. They'll take care of you. That's that's just That's just how it goes. Um, so we don't, we don't want to linger on this, but I, I feel like we would have been remiss if we did not talk about it. Cause it is a, a very important thing. Uh, it's been something that has happened far too often this year, especially, um, within that industry, uh, and it needs to be called out, uh, because it it's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, exactly. But uh, moving on to something a little happier, a little more fun. Yep, a little. And so uh, this is this is pretty cool. This
0: is pretty cool. This happened uh, almost right after we recorded the last episode. So I was just like, "Ah, oh, dang it. Um, <laughs> uh, that always D&D happens. Be- <laughs> yeah, it really does sometimes. Uh, so d Beyond. Has added more third party content. And this is third-party content that doesn't start with Critical Role or Darrington Press. Yes. Which is a fairly big deal. So uh and Beyond added Layers of Atharis, which is a Ghostfire gaming uh, like set of layers for levels 1 to 20. Uh, and Ghostfire, for those who don't know, is a phenomenal third party publisher. Uh they have a, a a setting called Grim Hollow uh which is like a, a, a grim darky fantasy setting. Uh I didn't that know is, they did is grim very Hollow. cool. Okay. Yeah, they did gr- they do Grim Hollow. Yeah, so Yeah, now they, I know who they are. Holy crap. They got a whole world around it. They've kickstarted uh several different things to the tune of hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh it is very a very reputable, a very uh very big third party. Uh, company and so, uh, volume one and two is comboed in this layers of, Itharis, uh that not only includes all the D and D Beyond stuff but also has maps, for the new uh, maps Alpha. So that's that's super cool. Uh, but not only that, uh, Dungeons of Drakenheim also went up and this went up for pre-order because it's available. Uh, it, or it comes out on December 21st this is uh dungeon dudes which are a very popular YouTube channel mm-hmm. uh of, of d d content uh this is a uh combination a dungeon dudes uh ghostfire gaming collaboration so uh and again it, this I assume this was kind of a, a collaboration with ghostfire and they pulled in the the dungeon dudes piece because it was uh something that ghostfire worked on them with, but it's, uh, it's a campaign, uh, epic cosmic horror fueled, uh, DM ready campaign for levels one through 13. Um, again, it's that, uh, grimdarky, uh, horror type thing. So there's not necessarily a ton of that. In official content. I, we have things like Curse of Strahd, uh Tomb of Annihilation, a, a, few, a few of those types of things, uh, but not a necessarily a ton of this type of thing. So these uh this kind of gives more into that uh Grimdark horror genre if that's something you like or if that's something your group wants to run, and it's a really just it's a good precedent to see more third-party stuff on here. Uh, because not only does it allow you then to use all the their stuff inside a nice digital tool set uh, and the maps now, but it gives those third-party publishers more exposure since that D&D Beyond user base is so big. So I'm hoping we just see more of this. Obviously, I'm sure uh, a lot of third parties are fairly pissed right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> with Hasbro. So, uh I I don't know if that will end up putting a wrinkle in some of their plans or not. Uh they uh they love to shoot themselves in the foot. Uh <laughs> as we saw earlier this year. Uh so we'll we'll see how things go, but uh on the whole, it is very cool to see and very cool to have that extra representation and extra uh, eyeballs on some of these uh, very high quality third-party supplements.
1: Yeah. And, you know, anytime that they add more third-party, I get more and more excited at the possibilities of what could be coming. Um, You know, you and I have spoken about it, like MCDM a bunch about, uh, you know, anything from them being added, which would be a huge boon to any player and any table. Um, so like, I'm looking for a lot of stuff like that stuff from the, the, the GM's or DM's guild, like, yeah, kobold,
0: I'd love to see kobold stuff on there.
1: Exactly. There, there's a lot of good stuff out there that's, I mean, I, I really honestly thought that they might kind of stick with just critical role stuff because of how popular it is. But the fact that they're, they're taking further steps just means that, you know, there's a very good chance that we're, they're going to be opening it. The 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 floodgates, even more so, and getting us more stuff uh, throughout the year.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we'll uh we will keep an eye on that and see see where that goes. Uh also between uh when we last recorded, Pax unplugged happened. Uh and wizards had some presence there, and they did a few announcements. They mm-hmm. announced two new adventure books for 2024: Vecna, Eve of Ruin, and Quests from the infinite staircase, uh, two new adventure themed books. Uh, quest from the infinite staircase is kind of, uh, another one of those anthology format books, which, uh, I I've really enjoyed, yes. like, uh, tales from the yawning portal, uh, the candle keep, uh, radiant citadel, you know, those, those t- anthology, uh, the, the, um, the golden, uh, the the recent one the one of all the uh, yeah with the heists like, heists and stuff yeah, yeah yeah Uh that I'm not remembering right off the top of my head <laughs> all, all those anthology type books are super cool because those like give you like drop in type things that you can either run as you know one to three shots or drop into your campaign or do something like that so uh, I I really like those those type of books keys from the golden vault. He's in the golden vault. Yep. 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 Uh, And then even bigger. And this is something that I'm I was super hyped for when I heard because I've you've you've likely heard me yelling about this multiple times. (laughs) Vecna Eve of Ruin is a campaign that takes players up to level 20 in a multiversal adventure against Vecna,
1: which is very cool. So this, this is super
0: hype for me because this is now an official, like, I don't count dungeon of the mad mage. I honestly don't like it's, it's great that it exists. It's more of a dungeon crawl Mm -hmm. than anything though. Then it'll feel Um, like a campaign and adventure. exactly, Exactly. Uh, this, at least on the surface, sounds like it's going to be a full on campaign adventure storyline that takes you to level 20. And this is exactly the type of thing I want to see because I want to see more and more official support for these tier three, tier four things. And that, because that will help players and DMs learn how to play and how to run stuff at that high a level. Uh, especially if it's official, because it'll get more eyes on it. So I'm I'm a big fan uh, of that. Mm-hmm. That'll be that'll be huge.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm uh, looking forward to seeing how it goes because uh, I mean a lot of people are familiar with Vecna just through Stranger Things, which is very different because you know that's something that they took the name of Vecna and gave it to a villain there. Um, and then there's also a Critical Role, you know, the campaign one. Vecna yeah. played a part in that um you know the the eye of Vecna, the hand of Vecna have been artifacts for quite a while so actually putting it into an actual uh campaign setting and everything and kind of playing through that is something that is very interesting to me and i think it's going to be uh very cool especially the fact that like you said it, it takes it to level 20 and High level campaign playing is something that we all really want to experiment with because you get some pretty cool stuff at twenty, and you know the ten levels before twenty. It's a very different game. Mm -hmm. It is, Mm -hmm.
0: but I I I think it's a very fun game, or it can be a very fun game, as well. So I'm excited that there is going to be more official support.
1: Yeah, and especially this is going to give some people who are maybe having problems. Um, you know, working with higher levels and kind of looking at balancing issues and, and you know, different types of encounters that can happen once, you know, players get to a certain level. This will give you a little bit more guidance and, you know, opportunity to kind of see what's out there and available as a, a way to do things.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and then also during uh, some of the panels, they mentioned uh, more information about uh, the 2024 books uh, as well as that the new monster manual will feature an arch hag ooze of annihilation, both of which will have CRs above 20 um, and how there is going to be more support for high level or high CR monsters in general, which also bolds well, I think for potentially bolstered support for that tier three, tier four mm-hmm. play, which yeah. is, which is very good. Uh The other really interesting thing is that, they announced the release dates for the 2024
1: core books and then unannounced <laughs> them. Yeah, I I don't know what I think about this because, like, I'm worried about the dates. They're so exciting, they, but I'm worried about them if they stick to them.
0: Yeah. So initially they put out, like, their, their, like, key art and stuff. And on it, it had May 2024 as the release dates for at the very least, at least the, the player's handbook. Um, but I believe that was kind of the, here's when the new three new ones are coming out, it was May 2024 or, or, or something something to that extent. Uh, that key art and those dates were pulled and, and completely wiped. They didn't talk about those dates at all. Uh, they didn't mention them again. Uh, and as far as I can tell, Uh, We have not heard anything about it since. I was very worried when I saw that. Originally, because I think that is way too early.
1: Especially with the playtest going on right now. Yeah, we still have
0: classes that are being tuned in decently big ways. Mm -hmm. Uh, we, We have not seen anything from the Dungeon Master's Guide other than like Bastions. We've barely seen any new spells and we've not seen a thing from the new monster manual.
1: Yeah. It's one of those things where if they're really, you know, finishing up this and everything, they have to proof it. They have to, you know, send it off to printing. They have to get it so that it's actually ready to ship. They've got to have the digital version May. And that just, takes months. Yeah. May just does not seem like it's, it's far enough away for that to happen, especially with if they still have things that are still open right now. That, that like I, and I, that this is coming from
0: me, not knowing the full publishing process, but just from what I've seen from Kickstarters and such, and obviously a bigger company probably has, better pipelines and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. Or like their own publishing means. And, and, and yeah. Things. Yeah. But at the very minimum,
0: you're probably looking at a few months mm-hmm. to get, to get a book like fully proofed, edited, set to the printer, fully printed, shipped and ready to sell to people. So we're talking like them needing to wrap everything. If, if that date is real they're them needing to wrap everything up, and be ready to go by like February or March. Yeah. And that does not seem like enough time. Like it doesn't, it it feels like that would be, I still feel like 2024 is rushed, but it feels like that especially is way too rushed. And I would like to see more UA. I would like to see more of what they're thinking. I would like to give more feedback before these things become solidified because, I mean, they keep saying you know it's five e five e. What a this it all actually well it's five five. That's what it is. Yeah, we're we're talking we're talking minor to some moderate changes. There are very little, if any, major changes mm-hmm. from what what we've seen. Like this is it's a there there's some good stuff there really is, but it is all for the most part fairly safe stuff uh nothing has been no they have not gone crazy like they've had some a few of the like uas have had some like really big stuff in them that they then pulled back or scaled back or whatever uh but at the at the end of the day i felt like man this really needs to be like a q4 thing So you can really take the time you need to make sure this is in a good spot because this is the thing you're going to want to sustain as a baseline for the next five to 10 years.
1: Mm -hmm. Like
0: take the time you need to get it right.
1: Yeah. And we were talking about the timing of, you know, doing all that work for one book and this is three now granted. I'm sure they have different groups working on each book but still it's a huge undertaking to bring the, the core three books to print and ready and everything all at the same time. But I will say though uh, the sneak peek article that we do have, uh, you know, taking a look at what they did show for the 2024 uh, players handbook. I am a big fan. Like, yeah, this apparently is pretty great.
0: Apparently one of the biggest changes Beyond some of the stuff we've seen in the UA, is the art. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there's way more art. In fact, uh, there is going to be art for every class and all forty-eight subclasses to have a piece of art to illustrate what they might look
1: like. Yeah, and it's not that's just super like, cool. Yeah, it's not just like the 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 picture of like oh a dragonborn standing with a sword for a fighter. No, this is like full. Sp- for a page fighter, and then gives information of like what their primary abilities are and kind of, you know, their, their role in the campaign or combat and everything as well. And it's like pretty, pretty great. The, the fighter subclasses, the way that they have a kind of uh, written out on here, they have a good mockup, um, has that, you know, kind of side page that, that shows what you're looking at. Uh, the example they have is a champion, but it has all the different leveled, Um, You know, subclass features listed out in a a really nice, clean way that actually I'm really enjoying. And then as you kind of dig even deeper, one of the best things that I think they have is having a more kind of illustrated version of the the backgrounds, because Mm -hmm. in, in the current player handbook, backgrounds are just, you know, it's a list, it's a thing or whatever. What they really were going for is having the backgrounds being a story. It's a term, you know. This is where you're from. So you know the examples that they have, like Charlatan, shows a circus. You know, with like uh, up closers there's like a cart, like you're, you know, selling things, or you're the 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 weight guesser at the circus, like Steve Martin in The Jerk, or something. Um, you know, the hermit shows like a, 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 a hut just kind of out in the middle of nowhere and, and everything. And it, it tells you what your ability scores are, are uh, like what feet you're kind of given at the beginning, your proficiencies and all that. And I really love the layout of it. it. It gives a lot and kind of bolsters the imagination just with an example that obviously you don't have to go exactly with what it shows, but it's, it's one of those things that just kind of like starts those creative juices flowing.
0: Yeah, no, I, I I really like it. I love art. Mm-hmm. I love art. And uh, the fact that they are just cramming these books, you know, chock full of art is is a really big thumbs up. Uh, they also talked a little bit about the new Dungeon Master's Guide and the new Monster Manual. They said the new Dungeon Master's Guide will feature a complete campaign setting, mm-hmm. all new advice for DMs, new magic items, including magic items from all the characters from the D&D cartoon. So that's... Uh, fun little Easter egg oh. uh, and then uh, the monster manual of course they said will feature more than 500 monsters with new art new abilities and more high CR monsters which again it's that uh, little bit it seems that they are kind of trending towards the okay we can we can try and support that high level tier three tier four play a little bit more officially
1: yeah, exactly. We're going to make it fun. We're going to give you more options, more abilities, hopefully uh more monsters and uh definitely uh, that higher difficulty that, you know, they just don't have a ton of right now. All right,
0: I look forward to the day when we don't have to do monster fixer segments
1: anymore because they're just all that good. That day will never happen because you can no, always improve not. upon something. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, good stuff.
0: But yeah, so we'll we'll keep our ear to the ground on this. It'll be it'll be interesting. Like I said, we we hope the dates that were shown briefly and then pulled back uh, are not the actual dates that they are going to end up being. We hope they take their time. We hope we see more stuff that we can give feedback on. So, uh we will we will see how that goes.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Okay. So, moving on. It's time, Ben, for the Dean Discussions holiday one shot. Yay! Uh this one is. I think I think we got a pretty f- fun theme. I yeah. think we got a pretty we, fun.
1: So here's. Oh, go ahead. Go I, ahead. I was just say we took about a minute or two before we started recording just to say, hey, what should our jumping off point be? And, you know, kind of we were... It, looking at different things, thinking of, you know, Oh, you know, different holiday themes or, or specials or whatever that we had. And I think that we've landed on something that we've twisted it to the point where it could be a really fun little one shot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause uh, originally we were tight, you know, could we like do some like nightmare before Christmas type thing? So we kind of thinking about that. Uh, and then we, we kind of shifted to, uh, Oh, we've got the Christmas Carol. Right. Yeah. And so we're thinking through that, you know, you, the classic Christmas story, Ebenezer Scrooge, the three ghosts. Um, Herman as Bob the, Yeah, Oh God. Muppet <laughs> Christmas Carol. It is a holiday tradition. <laughs> it is in this household. The and best will version. always be the best yes. version. hundred percent. The best version. <laughs> uh, but so we were thinking through that and, uh, the, you know, the, the redeemed man and, as we're thinking through that it's just like that's a, it's a really good story that would be really hard to throw players into so like how could we how could we twist and change this to make this to where you, a party could interact
1: mm-hmm.
0: so our jumping off point is going to be kind of using a christmas carol as a template but we're gonna we're gonna kind of reverse it
1: yes. so
0: the one shot starts uh the party is attending uh kind of like a
1: uh a winter not, not celebration.
0: Necessarily a, yeah it's a winter celebration uh for a a man we could we could call him Ebenezer uh who is very old uh but a very beloved figure in this town has has uh grown up has lived a, a wonderful life has given to charity has has helped the town out always blesses everyone every year with Christmas presents uh it's it's a happy ending
1: mm-hmm. yeah it's you're a happy at ending And then suddenly, unfortunately,
0: unfortunately, not everybody likes happy endings. So it turns out that a demon who feeds off of suffering and misery wants to take this wonderful man's experience and corrupt it so that instead of a life of generosity and happiness, he turns him into the Ebenezer Scrooge that we see at the beginning of A Christmas Carol. During the party, something happens. A rift opens, and the hell spawn or demon spawn comes from the abyss and declares that, uh, Your life is no longer your own. Your happiness will be turned to sorrow. Your good deeds will be turned to rot. And the demon opens a portal to go back in time to significant, happy life events of this man to corrupt them and ruin them to make this man everything that he isn't right now.
1: Yep. And as the demon goes to the portal, you see the changes start to occur, creeping out, spreading across the, the, the room that you're in spreading out into the town, just changing everything around you. You are aware of what's happening and this is the party's chance to go back, follow him, and make sure that it doesn't come to pass before the portal closes yeah the party jumps through
0: you got to stop this this is this cannot happen boom we go to the first of our like three phases right mm-hmm. this is this would be a great little the, the, I i i kind of and i don't know about you Ben. i kind of envisioned this as like a three-phase thing like you have we're gonna we'll have like the younger years, the middle years, the older years, and then maybe the final encounter with the the demon itself, so that they can defeat it and uh, not have to worry about it anymore.
1: Yeah. See, I'm looking at it as going just full backwards through time. So I'm going later years middle years, early years, then like very origin because he's slowly feeding on that suffering as he's moving further and further back. Mm, so, I like it. So either like it. we can go either way on this, you know, it yeah, let's can, go, let's do that. Let's
0: yeah. go, let's go earlier. And then we'll keep going backwards because let's just say like, if the party can stop him at each, at each major point, maybe the final thing is the demon just, Tries to kill him so he doesn't exist at all. Like, if he can't have it and he can't uh, build that good out into the world, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and that's that would be the final confrontation. So, So essentially,
1: you're slowly redeeming him more and more as the story progresses, like turning his life happier and happier as you're going back,
0: yeah, making sure that all the happiness that happened continues to happen. Uh, and is not corrupted by this entity mm-hmm. so let's let's jump back they run through the portal after this demon uh, what is the scenario in his his older years what is what is happening or what was a, a a significant event in his life in his older years that the demon would want to stop or corrupt in some way
1: I would think if we're following the Scrooge model, at this point, I would say he's got his own business he's got his you know money lending and everything like that. So at this point, a tragedy befalls the town or the city or you know however big you want to make it to the point where he's the one who actually makes the decision to help rebuild the town. he's putting in his own funds he's doing everything out of the goodness of his heart. but what the demon's trying to do is turn up that greed, make him into something more of it's mine. What are you going to give me in return for the help that I'm giving? What are you, uh, you know, give him that greed, give them, uh, have him give deadlines. You know, if if you're not able to build this, this or or rebuild your building within the, the next month, it gets foreclosed and comes back to me. Uh, you know, I'm charging huge rents on these things, taxing everything because you're using my equipment to build and, 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 and fix things, you know, whether it's um, some sort of uh, uh natural disaster that happened or who knows, a, a band of orcs came through and, and uh, you know, raided the city. Um, this should be his point of trying to figure out, you know, is he going to be altruistic? Is he going to help, for help's sake and be that good kind spirit or keep all the wealth to himself and try to grab more in this time of need.
0: So what is, what is the party then have to do? What does the party have to do in this time period event to help? What is, what is their goal in this particular scenario?
1: Well, I've got a couple ideas. We RP it out So that they're able to convince him, able to talk to him, you know, kind of through action, show him the goodness that could still be in the world after this major, huge tragedy, you know, with them helping uh, to rebuild, offering their time, giving their supplies, you know, kind of things like that, kind of convincing him or they could actually help fight off this, this threat that's happening convincing him to actually join in and prevent it from happening in the first place, kind of changing that altruistic thought and feeling on it in turning into more of an action, as opposed to just, you know, like a a money type of thing, you know, changing his, his whole perspective and aspect on what he can do to help, as opposed to just kind of sitting back and, and funding something.
0: Mm. So maybe, maybe, um, maybe like tooling the scenario to the group mm-hmm. uh, or the the type, right? The, the either more role-play oriented or the more combat oriented, where in the role-play side, you're talking to him, you're countering the demon's influence, you're helping the people, you're doing the rebuilding to make sure they get things done fast enough. Whereas the other side of things, maybe you go in at the beginning or in the middle of this attack that is destroying this town. And the attack wasn't supposed to be super huge, or maybe it was supposed to be fought off. Maybe Mm -hmm. he himself is a fighter of some sort
1: Mm -hmm. and or
0: a retired paladin or something like that. But the demon has bolstered the forces of this, this attack And it's coming on much stronger than it it, historically it, it did. Exactly. And so now the party needs to join in to help fight it back so that the town does not come to such ruin and demoralize everyone. Exactly.
1: Yeah. I figure once that's kind of settled, once that's figured out, then they see the, the, the demon, he knows that he's lost this fight but of course he has some sort of speech about how this isn't the only good thing that Ebenezer has contributed, opens up another rift, jumps in the party has to jump in and follow. And where do they go next?
0: Ooh, I, I think, I think
1: this is,
0: um, maybe this is the lost love. Maybe Mm -hmm. this is, maybe this is the, um, the one where we turn it into some sort of a, uh, uh, to borrow the video game term, protect the NPC. Yeah. Right. This is him in his younger, uh, in, young adult years. Uh, he has some some love, uh, some person, uh, whoever it may be, that uh, he is uh, attached to uh, or is his partner. And the demon then targets that person because... That person was with him for a long time and encouraged him and built him up and helped him on his way to his altruistic, caring, loving self. But if that person were to die prematurely, that could potentially put him on a path to sorrow or Anger or retribution that would keep him from doing some of the things that he should do. Mm-hmm. So I, I I see it as kind of a uh you, you go back and you kind of kind of see as you go in, you see him uh with this person, right? Uh and uh you can do some RP of how they love each other and how they are supporting each other and they're he's helping uh he's being helped uh by this person and they're working on stuff right and then uh maybe the demon before they jumped into this portal gave a hint of what they were going to try and do right mm-hmm. that's you, you kind of foreshadow the the uh-oh he's gonna try to kill his partner oh no uh type thing. And so then it becomes a you have to keep him, uh, him and his partner safe for a certain amount of time. Right. Or uh, from a a an assassination attempt or for some danger befalling them.
1: Yeah. And you can go about this in a bunch of different ways, whether it is, you know, a direct sort of saving, you know, like a, a combat encounter of. Oh, some gnolls are going to be attacking while they're taking a walk through the park. Um, or you can like final destination this as, okay, she's walking or they are walking underneath a piano that's hanging from a, a rope or something. You know, we're going to stop them from doing that. Or, you know, like oh kind of alter paths and and change different things and, and ways that things play out. And, uh, you know, you can actually, if you want to, add an extra level of your party can't be seen because they're going to be seen at the previous thing. So all of a sudden it's like, who are these people who are just constantly showing up in my life? You you don't want to like add that. It, I mean, if you want to, there's a bunch of different things that you can, can kind of play with this just because it's time travel. So we, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> I I like the idea of them just like, oh, no, they're about to step in the open manhole. Let's make sure we cover that up before they walk over it or something. (laughs) Yeah, I love the idea of a series
0: of like the party is chasing after these traps the the demon has set up and trying to thwart them Mm -hmm. uh, as they're being set up or before uh, Ebenezer and his partner get to them, uh, which which could be deadly.
1: Right. Like make it, uh, um, make it the day that, that he proposes, if it is going to be, or if you do make it like the, the love of his life, um, you know, you don't have to go that route. You can be like a mentor or a very close family member who yeah, you know taught yeah. them the, the, this, you know, how to kind of act and, and be, and the way to be, you know, better. And stuff. So it could be any sort of things. Make it some sort of significant event that's got to happen. Whether it's the first kiss at the under the sea dance, or um, you know whatever <laughs> you want to do. It, it's it's entirely up to you. But this event has to happen, and they're on their way to it.
0: Yeah. And then, once the party thwarts the demon yet again at this significant event in Ebenezer's life, the. Demon goes. I still have another chance. There's another significant event, and there's no way you can stop me. And then hops in a portal. No, oh, no. We better hurry. I think we're jumping in after him. <laughs> I think we jump in after it. So the party jumps in after. Then we go to childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe there is what 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 could be a significant childhood event see that the
1: demon could try and alter. I was thinking about this and in our pre-show, we kind of talked about, you know, having uh, a bad childhood so that it kind of changed the course of his life. But at this point, since, you know, we're, we're going to do the final, if I can't turn him bad, no one will have his goodness End fight. I think this needs to be the first time that he chooses to do the good thing. So instead of him being like bullied at school or something like that, this is where he goes and protects someone else for the first time. So this way he's starting to kind of show that empathy, starting to, you know, really take those stands and being the the kind and good caring person that he's going to be, and then continue to grow into for the rest of his life. Yeah, maybe um,
0: maybe he could see the party doing something heroic and uh, learn from that and what to do it itself. Uh, maybe there could be some sort of I don't know like the, the the demon could corrupt some other children who are uh trying to corrupt him right mm-hmm. uh it, it's the whole like it's okay join us type thing uh it could be very role play oriented uh from the party because it's just like you got to you'd have to get into the mindset of like a child right mm-hmm. uh doing this thing and what would you say to a child to help them help them along to, to do what is right especially if there is some very um, enticing reason not to
1: yeah exactly And
0: maybe the demon is providing that enticing reason uh, because remember the demon doesn't want to kill him because the demon is Feeding off of the sorrow and despair that will result in him not becoming a good person.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I like this. And <laughs> what's even better is if you're someone in your party has seeming, then you can all can be little kids and then kind of mix in with the whole <laughs> thing as well. Um, but yeah, the idea of you know some sort of temptation or you know, peer pressure into bullying someone else, or um, like, gosh, any kid story from Stephen King, you can take any of those situations yeah. heck, and, and heck, steal that. This portal could turn the
0: party into kids. Yeah, that's who. Like, they, they, like, when they go back, they went back, it's far enough or timey, whimy enough that they end up being the same age as him.
1: But right, still have and their so abilities, that, of course,
0: but still have their ability, and so yeah. that gives a little more interesting RP, um,
1: and a little more leeway to lean into those those type of things. Yeah, I I don't recommend beating up all the other little kids or killing them or anything because you know that might show the wrong thing. I think that this one is really more gonna be heavily focused on RP than anything else. To kind of yeah. you know talk to them and 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 work through the the issue and the problem that that's coming to play.
0: Yeah. Show, show, show the reason for goodness show why uh,
1: you shouldn't do X, Y, or Z Mm -hmm. because that leads down a bad path. Exactly. Show, show that these other kids are the Draco Malfoys that you don't want to hang out with. You want to hang out with the little wrong kid. Yeah. Yeah. And then once you do that, once, once that
0: plan has been thwarted. The demon goes, if I can't have this, nobody can. And opens the portal and jumps through. You go back and you're outside a house or a a homestead or, you know, some kind of hospital type building Mm -hmm. or something. You hear the sound of a baby crying and you see the demon pulling their black sword dripping red with blood it's time to finish this thing before it can finish ebenezer
1: Mm -hmm. then you have then you have a big
0: fight then you have a big fight and you and the, the cool thing is you can set this up anywhere so you could have all sorts of cool terrain it could be in like the middle of a town or something like that uh to where you could get some really cool set pieces uh, have some really cool terrain to play with, uh, that sort of thing. So you have this big fight with uh, with this demon, right? And then as the party kills the demon, the demon collapses and, you know, like burns away or melts away uh, and a portal opens after it dies and you walk through And that brings you back to the present time where Ebenezer is giving a speech about pivotal moments in his life that changed him for the better. As the crowd cheers and the party looks on, knowing that they contributed to those moments in some small way. And that's where you end your session.
1: Saving Christmas or Winterfest or whatever you want to call it. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I am actually, I'm, I'm really excited. I like this, this whole idea and I like the rework of the classic story. And I'm, I'm really proud of this year. (laughs) I think we had. I, I I think we've definitely got a winner on our hands this time. Yeah, I I I think
0: I think like, like obviously obviously we don't have the the time uh, to just like flesh everything out. But I think the the premise itself is super solid and super interesting and very holiday thematic and could make for a very fun, interesting, like story, like short story.
1: Yeah. You know what we need to do after 10 years, we need to like get all of our holiday adventures and just (laughs) publish them.
0: Oh my gosh. That'd be, that'd be incredible.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll just have to listen back. The first one will be (laughs) like, Oh, that's so simple. Meanwhile, our 10th one is like super intricate with all these different (laughs) things and plots and everything.
0: Or just find some like super cool freelance people and have them have them do it.
1: Yeah, That'll work too, <laughs> yeah. No, so uh, yeah, that's our holiday one shot this year. The the tale of uh, uh, or the 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 life and times of Ebenezer Scrudge,
0: <laughs> yeah. Good, that's good. All right, I like it, I me think too. That,
1: yeah, I
0: think that could be super fun. I think that could be super fun, uh, but yeah uh that's it. I think that's I think it's super cool. I think there's there's uh there's at least a, a good some good nuggets in there mm-hmm. So as always, uh we'd love to hear about your Christmas one shots. We'd love to hear if you ran one of the one shots that uh we created. Uh, we know that, uh, there have been some groups that have Mm -hmm. run some of the, some of the one shots, um, which is super cool. We, we absolutely love hearing from them. Uh, I even watched a stream, uh, one year of, of one of them, which was super cool, uh, to be able to do. They did a, like fantastic job, uh, with it. So, um, Yeah. It's it's always this is always one of the things I look forward to the most each year. Me too. Uh, putting together a little holiday one shot. Um, on that note, too, we also decided since it is Christmas, why don't we throw in a little like mini Christmas monster fixer?
1: Yeah. Just a, a what's a
0: quick one? Yeah. What's a what better Christmassy monster to talk about? Not, uh, we, we talked about elementals, we talked about ice creatures, but tonight we're gonna talk about the abominable yeti.
1: You know, I hear very, very
0: snow, snow, Christmassy, uh, evil bad guy themed thing.
1: <laughs> uh, by the way, their one weakness is an elven dentist. So if you have one of those in your party, you just, you win hands down. That's just, yep. That's the, that's the rule. That's the rule. <laughs> uh, so Abominable Yeti, these, are, these are pretty
0: cool. Um, they are huge monstrosities. They're CR nines. So uh, this is a, this is a creature that will probably last a few rounds. Right. Uh, so we want to make sure they can do cool stuff. Uh, as, as a baseline, they've actually got some, some cool things. They actually, they actually do have some cool things. Uh, they have Fear of Fire, which if they take fire damage, they have disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks until the end of the next turn, right? That's cool. Uh, they've got Snow Camouflage, which is kind of a passive. Let's them hide well. Yeah. Uh, they've got a few actions. They've got uh, a multi-attack with uh, Chilling Gaze and two claws. So claw attacks, obviously, slashing cold damage. It's, it's your baseline, right? Yeah. Uh, they've got Chilling Gaze, which this is kind of cool. Uh, they target one creature they can see within 30 feet. And if the target can see the Yeti, they have to make a con save uh, or take cold damage and be paralyzed for a minute unless yeah. it's immune to cold damage. And you can repeat the saving throw. Um, And if it's successful, they're immune to the the Chilling Gaze. So that's, a, that's kind of an interesting thing they can do that every turn. Uh again
1: now, big big quick the um thing here they're immune to that Yeti's chilling gaze. So if you've got three of them going you can make it really bad on your on on your players. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah it specifically says this Yeti's chilling <laughs> gaze. Um
0: I think I think we've we've talked about before how um what my my thoughts and opinions are on, like, full scale turn ending things. Yeah, Um I'm not a huge fan of them, uh, especially if your con saves are bad.
1: Mm-hmm. Then it
0: can be real hard to uh, to get off of that. Yeah. Uh And then they've also got a cold breath, which has is a recharge thing. Uh Recharge six. Uh, where they excel a 30 foot cone of frigid air con save uh or you know a lot of cold damage yeah so it's not bad this is not bad this is a this is a decent baseline but what could we do to spice this up a little bit then what can oh, we well. what can we do Could we could we add some stuff? Could we make some adjustments maybe to the chilling gaze to make it a little more player-friendly and interesting?
1: Well, first of all, I would get rid of the the paralyzation of the chilling gaze, just because I'm I'm with you on that. Taking away or, or only make it for one turn, or like you know, till the end of the Yeti's next turn or something. That way it gives it advantage on its next two claw attacks. So um Aside from that, I think we need another range attack. So, of course, we're going to throw snowballs. But, uh, you know, classic super hard packed snowballs that actually do some damage. Maybe there's some rocks in them or something like that. Or the Yeti's able to uh, um, super chill it into a ball of ice with its breath or something like that. So throw throw the snowballs. You got to do that. Um, Otherwise, what are you doing? You know. You're an abominable yeti, of course. That's going to happen. Um, aside from that, I think it needs to have a charge attack. This thing Ooh, is yes. it, it it's it lives in snow, it shouldn't have any sort of um, like difficult terrain r- walking through deep snow or something. So, I think giving it a speed boost and would only give it just that much more of kind of a scary feel to it. So, you know, you're, you're sitting back and you're dodging snowballs. Everything's great. All of a sudden, this thing's right up in your face. Uh, I, I think that could be quite a bit terrifying and, uh, I would totally give it one of those. Yeah, I, I like that.
0: I like that a lot. I think that's a, I think that's a super, a super interesting way to do it. Um, one of the, I just to kind of even go beyond the charge, I really like the idea of forced movement mm-hmm. where the the monsters or the players can mix up the battlefield, right? Uh, so maybe the charge also has some sort of a, a throwback or a push
1: yes. that
0: can go with it, either something that happens automatically or something that you have to make some sort of a dexterity saving throw for, right? Where if you don't, the Yeti, like, smashes into you and tosses you back 15 feet.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because this is a huge monstrosity that's coming at you. You're not just going to, like, you know, stand there and just be like, boop. Oh, I just kind of got hit a little bit. It's fine. No, this is going to be a lot of force coming at you. It's going to, you know, kick you out of your shoes. Yeah, which, depending on the range,
0: uh, you could go over the side of cliffs. You could get knocked back in the snow, which is... Difficult terrain, which will make movement harder the next time, right? You could potentially land prone, uh, which could, you know, hamper your movement even more. Yeah. So that's that's a big thing. Be pushed um, into a
1: tree or a, or a rock yeah. wall or something like that. Yeah,
0: uh, I would. I was also thinking about something with like uh, uh, like a bonus action mm-hmm. so with a spikes. Yes. Something that the Yeti uh, manifested or whatever uh, on their hands that could potentially uh, maybe even uh, maybe it's like a once a day bonus action or mm-hmm. something like that. Uh, the manifest on their hands that give them additional damage. Uh, yeah. But any fire attack melts them. Oh, I like if that. if a fire attack hits. So then they lose them. So it's it's like something that uh, you can gain, but something that the party can then deal with, which is which is always kind of an interesting thing.
1: Okay, I'm going to add on to that. Um, I'm thinking like like Wolverine claws, like ice spikes, but piercing. And if, uh, you know, they have some sort of maybe con save on this, too. Uh, If it pierces through, it breaks off of the Yeti's hand and then you have to deal with cold damage, like continuing cold damage while it's in. Ooh, and you have to have, you have to take like a bonus action or something to pull it out. Yeah. Or melt it or something along those or lines. Melt it. Mm, yeah. That's, that's super interesting too. You could even do
0: something like that where each hand has three of those claws. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, since it's a once a day thing. It's, it's only going to happen once. So fire can maybe melt a certain amount of them. If it, if it hits or as they hit and they break off, you only have a certain amount of those to like stick into people.
1: Yeah. And you know what I would do? I would give, um, have it that be like a bonus action at the end of the turn so that the, the party has a chance to kind of remove some of them before the, the Yeti's next turn. Yeah. And we we're we're, we're kind of seeing that we, we talked about this last
0: episode uh, with the new monk, Mm -hmm. stuff where things just happen they've got some features that can just happen no action no bonus action required either like at the beginning of their turn or at the end of their turn or something you can easily apply that to monsters as well where this effect just happens Mm -hmm. at the end of their first turn or the end of their second turn or something like that where or or Automatically happens at 50% health.
1: Yeah. Right. There you
0: go. Uh, the bloodied condition type stuff where uh, they hit a certain amount, they get something else. They get something new and cool when they hit, yeah. hit
1: that uh, 50% mark. Heck, it's a yeti. Give it a rage at 50%. Yeah. Throw yeah. another, uh, another claw attack into the multi-attack in the very least or, yeah. or extra damage or something along those lines. Again, this is a, this is a CR nine.
0: It's got, you know, it's got a 15 AC. It's got 137 hit points. Mm -hmm. It'll probably last a few rounds depending on, you know, what kind of level party you throw at it, or, you know, there may be more than one. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of really interesting, interesting things you could do with them.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Okay. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) Yeah. That's fun. They use that sometime. Um, all right. Uh, well, as we uh, near the end of our show, uh, I did want to shout out one thing. And uh, this is this is why uh, we didn't do I, I, something Grinch themed for our holiday <laughs> one shot, because I wanted to do a community content shout out uh, before we we kind of wrap things up uh, with the DM skilled. Uh, There's a really cool book, uh, very highly rated, uh, called (laughs) How the Lich Stole Christmas. Uh, And it is very much a Grinch-based parody. It's only like four bucks. Um, It's got a fun uh, How the Lich Stole Christmas, a short three to four hour one-shot holiday adventure for characters of all levels. And this is the cool thing. The encounters include variations for adventuring parties of each tier of play. Super cool, super cool. I love, I love the fact uh, that that is done. It's like scalable encounters. Uh, So it it looks super cool. Uh, There's a lot of people uh, that seem to really like it. A few people have made uh, maps for some of the encounters that are linked down in the little comments underneath. So if you're looking for a holiday Christmas themed one shot, uh, that you can do in a few hours uh this this is a pretty good one so we will have the link in the show notes at dndiscussions.com definitely check that out
1: yeah it's i mean just kind of scrolling through it's pretty neat so far i'm i'm liking it also looks like a yeah. good fun one to play with yeah yeah
0: all right uh so with that uh that pretty much finishes up our main show. Ben, I know you're, you're still on hiatus, right? Yep. Yeah. From your, your campaign, you're going to be starting in the new year. Yes. Uh, I am going to be starting running my new campaign in the new year as well. Uh, which I am extremely excited about doing a lot of, uh, starting to do a lot of prep for, um, working with players for backstories. We've kind of got uh, we had our session zero getting all the initial like plot points and hooks and stuff ready. Uh, But I'm I'm very excited to start that. And I will certainly be cataloging uh, that progression as as we go on
1: the show as well. Very cool. I'm looking forward to it as well as getting back into my group. And um, yeah, I'm Personally, I'm doing really well and overcoming a lot of health stuff. So I'm I'm definitely getting right back into the swing of things uh soon. So once uh work kind of calms down, it's D time.
0: Yeah. 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 I'm I'm looking forward to getting back to it. I uh thankfully I have a a good buddy um who will hopefully be getting on the show pretty soon uh to talk about a little bit who runs a uh Cursed Strad game for myself and several people who have been together for several years now um that is uh an absolute blast uh and we are gonna have him on hopefully pretty soon to kind of talk about uh building uh running running an adventure module uh and like filling it out and uh running it online uh because not everybody can run things in person, not all groups are together. So we're gonna be talking about uh, how to, one, run campaign modules, uh, How what a good way to run, how to supplement them with your own stuff, if there are things that need uh, done, and how to put together a very cool, atmospheric, satisfying uh, online game as well very cool because that is a completely legitimate way to play especially if you don't all live in the same
1: spot yep i am <laughs> i am proof that you can still make it work already <laughs> that's right that's right uh but
0: until that point uh we will say merry christmas happy holidays to all, uh, thank you so much for an absolutely wonderful year. Uh, this is certainly one of my uh, favorite things to do and the, the highlights of my month as I get to get together with Ben a few times a month and talk about tabletop RPGs. Uh, I'm very, uh, very excited and very happy to be able to do that. Um, and we'll we will be talking about more tabletop RPGs. Ah, uh, beyond just D and D, it's something that we have always tried to do a little bit of, and we will continue to do that. Uh, I actually super pumped because I am playing in my very first Call of Cthulhu game
1: Ooh.
0: next week. Uh, it's uh, I've played, I've been, I've played several systems before, ah, uh, but this uh, is one I have not played yet, though I have watched it played several times uh there's a good time society uh the auction that becca scott did uh that is super fun to watch if you want to see a well-done call of cthulhu game uh talison uh on the critical role side did uh shadow of the crystal palace which is phenomenal as well if you want to see a a well-done uh call of cthulhu game Mm -hmm. uh from a streamed format so i'm i'm very much looking forward to uh being able to try that out, uh, and experience a brand new system, uh, especially one where (laughs) my character probably has like a 30% chance of actually making it out of the, uh, one shot alive. So, uh, it'll be, it'll be super fun, but I will definitely be reporting on that one as well.
1: I'm looking forward to hearing about it.
0: All right. Well, Ben,
1: before we get out of here, why don't you tell everybody where we can be reached? You bet. Uh, well, first off, I do want to say thank you very much. This year has been a ton of fun, Ryan, and I am looking forward to next year. As as you said, uh, we got a lot of stuff coming up, uh, things that we don't even know we're going to talk about yet, because that's how the show works. There's, there's always something new, and it's always Perfect. exciting to get to, to chat with you about it. So thank you for this year. Uh, listeners, thank you very much as well. It has been a pleasure uh, traveling through the calendar with you. Uh, that being said, hey, if you want to tell us about your holiday one shot, if you want to tell us the how ours turned out because you ran it, or if you just want to share with us, we always love to hear from you. So send those emails to dndiscussions at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to find us on the social medias, uh, you can check us out on Blue Sky at dndiscussions. Uh, Ryan is also there at tbksword. I am at Ben Bumhofer. Um, I also recommend that you listen to Plus 5 to Hit. It is an actual play show that uh, I am currently a part of and Ryan is also sometimes a part of. Uh, We have a lot of fun and hopefully he's going to be coming back uh, in the new year once we get back into Rime of the Frostmaine because I know my character misses him uh, or misses his character, I should say. Um, But aside from that, definitely uh, check out DeanDiscussions.com for every single episode that we've ever had which does include, of course, all of our other holiday one-shots that we've done over the years Uh, as well as uh, you know, join us on our Discord. You can find that link in the show notes as well as uh, on our Blue Sky uh, profile thing. Whatever the heck that's called. Profile. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, Anyways, uh, it has been a great year, everybody. Again, thank you very much for listening. Have a happy holiday, Merry Christmas, whatever you celebrate. And until next time, everybody, roll high and be good to each other. Thanks, and we'll see you in the new year.